Hello. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Um, less than highly favored. How are you doing this evening? Yeah, I'd have to ditto that. Um, are you enjoying your day off? Yeah, I ain't do. I did absolutely nothing today, so I'm expecting to have. Well, my, well I think my wife would let me have have a um, a little bit of. Um, she'll give me a little bit of grease, but I ain't <laughs> doing anything today. I you just, did something today. You had an afternoon prayer session. I know, but I'm talking I didn't wash up no dishes. Well, I'm gonna take out the garbage when we get done with the call because yeah. that garbage come out today. Mm-hmm. But okay. um, yeah. Awesome. Mm. Well, I'm very thankful that you decided to do this live with me. Um, this topic, I just think it it needs to be explored today. Um, fearing God is not a bad thing, or is it? So um, I'm hoping that we can answer whatever questions people may have. And if they're here just to listen, I hope that we can feed their ears with something that is of nourishment and something that is of pleasure to God. And I just think there's some things we need to dispel. So um, I've done a little bit of studying and I know you're a great person to partner with. So are you ready to get to it? Absolutely. Just putting out my study Bible now. But go along with all my, my, my study Bible. I have my Sunday school book. I have one thing I want to say out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have my tabs open on my computer. Okay. Awesome. And I know that you like to start with uh, prayer. Um, do you mind doing that? Oh, do I mind? Of course I don't mind. That's part of the, okay. part of the thing. All right. <laughs> all right. All hearts and minds clear. Oh, Heavenly Father, we give you all the glory and the praise. We thank you, O Lord, for giving us another day. Oh, Lord, as we get ready to consume our daily bread, which is the word of God, O oh Lord, we ask, O oh Lord, that you keep any unnecessary disruptions away, that all our comments be great comments, O oh Lord, and that everything that we say and do and everything that our commenters say, O oh Lord, is edified to the body of the Christ. And we thank you, O oh Lord, and we give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that. And I just want to thank our listeners, and um, we love for our sessions to be interactive, so please feel free to jump in when you have questions or comments, and I just want you guys to just know where I stand, because I know that there have been instances where people have kind of um, come to me and questioned my knowledge about verses and scriptures, and I'm reacclimating myself to the Bible and to God. When I was younger, I went to Sunday school. I went to church. It was kind of sporadic. And, you know, I felt like I had a relationship with God, but I didn't know, I didn't realize until much later in life that the relationship can definitely be improved upon. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm reacclimating myself. I mean, I've opened up the Bible and I've started from Genesis. And so I'm reading through things. I'm excited. And I just want people to come along this journey with me. So it's kind of like I'm learning and sharing. And if somebody has a question I can't 
answer. I usually have a partner on here who's very well versed. I mean, we're all here to try and to deliver the message as we hope God would intend. So um, just know with me, I, I'm learning. That's my dog in the background. I'm, I'm so nah. sorry. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so Jad, is there anything that you want to say about your position? Yes. Um, well, as far as still learning, we are all are still learning. None of us would learn all the way. All, uh, all the ways of God in this lifetime because we'll never be able to learn it with our puny little human minds. But we can gather together all the knowledge that we can, and I'm sorry, all the wisdom that we can and share that wisdom with others so that we can edify the body of Christ. So, but as far as fearing God, hmm, well, let's get on to the topic. Should we fear God? Well, is it a bad thing or is it a good thing? Well, that's pretty simple. Um, let me I'm become, so let me ask ask a question. Basically, um, do you fear your earthly parents? That'd be a question. Now, some people might say yes. Some people might say no. What about you? Um, well, for me. Fear means two different things. You can either, when you think about fear, there's multiple definitions, but I'm actually going to pull up the definition of fear and let's just read what fear eat, what fear can mean. And Jab, I, I came in on the end of you saying, what about you, my dog? Someone was at my door. So I ran out real quick to uh, mm -hmm. let them know that I was um, in Bible study. And I just heard the mm -hmm. very end when you said, what about you? <laughs> Okay, everybody. Um, thank you for your patience. Thank you for bearing with us. Um, and I apologize for that brief interruption. I'm sure those who were on here from the beginning, you heard my dog barking and he's like this alarm. When he starts barking, I just have to go and check things out. So I apologize for the disruption, but I'm back. It looks like Jab is back. So Jab, um, I, I didn't hear that question that you were asking. Mm -hmm. Well, some people would like to know about the word fear. Okay. So let's think about it. Um, we can look at it as both as a noun and as a verb. So if we look at the definitions of fear, um, mm -hmm. first one, just going from Merriam-Webster, they say 1A, unpleasant, often strong emotion caused by anticipation or awareness of danger. And then B says an instant of this motion or a state marked by this emotion. Now, this kind of fear, unpleasant or strong emotion, I don't know about this form of fear, not when it comes to God. All right, so the definition two is a noun. It says anxious concern, and it comes up with the word solicitude, which means being, the state of being concerned or anxious. Now, I don't know if we should be anxious about God, but we should definitely be concerned about our relationship with God for sure. Then we got definition three as a noun, profound reverence and awe, especially towards God. Bingo. This is definitely the one. That's the one. Yeah. The and then four, we have a reason for our alarm, danger. Well, I would say that form of fear would be when we are not lying up with God, that there should be a reason for alarm, at least as a noun. 
Now, as a verb, it says to be afraid of or expect with alarm or to fear, fear the worst. Now, I don't think it really applies to what we're talking about. But two, to have a, reg- a reverential awe of, definitely. And then it said so, three, three and four are frightened and to fear in oneself, basically. Okay. Okay. So let's, let's just kind of unpack some of this because I will say that um, it really depends on who the messenger is as far as um, how you might receive that message about fearing God, because there are some people who want you to fear God like he's some type of unsavory monster, right? Some people feel that they can um, frighten you into following God, because if not, all kinds of bad things are going to happen to you. Um, when you mention that fearing God is pretty much about revering God, right? It means that we're in awe of God. It means that we want to submit to him. It means that we, when we fear the Lord, we basically are saying we're turning away from sin, right? We're going to do our best to please God. We're going to do our best to surrender to him, to adore him, and just to, again, hold him in the highest regard. So I think that's a very different message than like there's this scary monster hiding out in the closet that just wants to eat you alive, right? That's not the <laughs> well, that, message that we're trying to deliver to people. Yeah, you, you hear that a lot from people who don't have relationships with God. You know, whether they're atheists or agnostic, they tend to think of God as the, the big ugly monster the one who who destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah for no reason, the one who who drowned a bunch of Egyptians in the in the Red Sea, they look at that p- form of fear as that strong mm-hmm. emotion. But see, the, that's not what we're looking at. Because if you if you're scared, when that that fear is actually being scared, and I don't know a lot of people who have a, a relationships with things they are scared of. Well. And I'll, and I'll tell you what, um, let's let's grab these two comments and then we're going to dive a little deeper into it. So I'm going to go ahead and, and grab these two messages. Cool little sis. What's going on? Hey, Mr. Morris, how you feel today? Hey, man. Why is fear God, you know, you know, can we get any text in the Bible to show what it means to fear God? I think the people need to hear them texts. I can I can give you a couple of them, but I want to hear what y'all got to say first. And depending on what you tell me, I send it to y'all. I tell y'all verbatim what it is. Y'all let me know. This is a beautiful topic. I know cool little sis can't come up with these wonderful topics. We're gonna see what's good. <laughs> also, I'm gonna email y'all, I'm gonna um check y'all uh DM y'all Instagram or whatever. I'm gonna send y'all something, y'all tell me if y'all like how. Hey, so I'm ready. Thank you so much for being here. Definitely appreciate it. And yeah, we're going to definitely bring out the scriptures as we proceed through this discussion. We have um, a good solid two hours and, you know, there's a lot to cover. And um, one of the ones that I wanted to um, direct people to would be Deuteronomy um, 13, chapter 13, verse 4. And I may be paraphrasing a little bit, but it's basically saying you shall follow the Lord, your God, fear him and keep his commandments. 
um, we're to serve him and we're to cling to him. Like that's one of the, the ones that really came to mind with this topic because, you know, again, I want people to realize that um, God isn't that that guy that you should look at and just be so afraid, so afraid to make any mistakes. He knows that we're going to make mistakes. He knows that we're going to sin because that goes back to, you know, his only begotten son dying so that we will not perish, but so that we shall have everlasting life. And that's when we do live a life that's pleasing to God. And when we do make mistakes and we sin, we repent. So it's not about thinking you make one mistake and that's it. You're out of here. You're damned to hell. That's that's not what he's saying at all. I mean, mm. what are your thoughts about that? What are, what are your thoughts about Deuteronomy 13.4, Jab? Uh, Deuteronomy 13.4, hey, again, like you said, it's all about following those commandments. We know that's the truth. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. If it was the truth, he wouldn't, estab- he wouldn't establish that as his truth. Yeah. And I mean, so it's, need- it's just one of those things where you know, some people just want to be these free, free spirited type of people. They just want to live their life. I mean, and and you have that right. You have that choice. I mean, that's really what free will is about. It's telling you that you can make a choice, but just understand where that choice or those choices are going to lead you. And when you have commandments, again, there's some foundation, like you're getting some direction, you're getting some motivation, you're hearing directly from God. You know, when you look at his principles, you're learning directly from him what's going to please him and what path you should take, right? If you want to get into heaven. So free will is out there. You do have a choice in the matter. What type of choices are you going to make? That's, you know, that's hey. a million dollar question. Yes. Yeah, I think this show is definitely a great show for those who aren't as versed in in the scriptures as, you know, as they should, you know, because a lot of people make assumptions based on what other people have said, but they haven't actually read the scriptures for themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's the reason why you have these issues so much that, you know, people misunderstand what what fearing God is. Mm -hmm. I said I have a lovely chapter. I'm probably later on going to read the whole chapter. Uh, first John four, but I'm not going to do it this split second. No, mm-hmm. but um, let's take these other messages yeah. and let them see what's going on. Um, we got Sapia. Um, she participated earlier in our press session, so it's good to see her again. Give you a quick oh. shout out there. Hello, cool little sister and job. Just like the following you guys. Pretty interesting topic. Just to let you know that I'm here to support you guys and to just tune in. Thank you. So we appreciate it. Always good to have you here. Good to have every single person here. And I know she has another message. So you want to go ahead and play that out? Absolutely. You know, Proverbs 9 uh, verse 10 says, um, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom mm-hmm. and, the, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. You know, we speak about the reverential fear, you know, fear the fear of God, not to be afraid of him, but, you know, to reverence him, to live. The fear would cause us to live right, to do what is right, to say right way of living. You know, that reverential fear for God. 
Absolutely. Is. 100%. And should we, I think we should explore wisdom because that Proverbs 9, 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Let's talk a little bit about wisdom. Well, well let's go ahead. Let's look at the definition of wisdom according to human hands first. But um, let's look here. Let's see what Miriam Webster has to say. Oh, oh, I love this first definition. 1A, wisdom, ability to discern inner qualities and relationships. I don't think I even want to move past that definition. That's 1A because they have a couple different, they have um, a couple different ones under one. They have good sense, general receptive belief, and accumulated philosophical or scientific learning. But I like that first one the best. Ability to discern inequalities in relationships. Hmm. So to understand an inequality of something, you do have to develop a relationship with it, especially when you talk about inequalities of a person. You need to have a relationship with that person, correct? You mm -hmm. like I'm saying, like, if I didn't explore the inequalities of my wife, we wouldn't be married right now because I wouldn't be able to develop a complete relationship with her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's how I came to know her. Mm. So let's so, take that wisdom. So when we okay. fear, we fear, think about fear and we put wisdom together. So we know fear is that awe and that, and that reverence, right? Awe, mm -hmm. reverence. And, un and then we want to understand inequalities in relationships. So let's put that, mix that together. What on earth would you have awe and fear of, yet you want to have a relationship with? Oh, I know your earthly parents, your mom and your dad. Think about that. Like when you grow up, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to, if, if your mom or your dad tells you something, you don't want to hurt their feelings. You don't want to not do what they want to do usually. Especially when you're little, you look up to them in such a way, and you're like, they, they look at you in such a way, like you look at your parents in such a way, like, wow. And then your kids look at you such a way, like, wow, when when they're young. And the way they look at you is just, they're like, wow, this is person is taking care of me, and this person loves me. This person sees me through my hard times. Wow, that's the reason why Jesus talked about little children. But I think I might need to find a verse. But but he always talked about how little children looked at looked at um looked at him. And I think that's an important concept when we talk when we talk about that. Um I have a couple of okay. things to say. Um Okay, quick. so actually okay, before you go there, I just want to read and say, okay, I found it. Um Mark ten, thirteen through sixteen. And he said, People are bringing little children to Jesus. For him to place their hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was ended. He said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child would never enter into it. And he took the little children in his arms and placed his hands on them and blessed them. So let's go back just to that verse 15. Mark 10, 15. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Hmm. 
What do you think about that verse? Yeah, I mean, I feel like when he says like a little child, children are like they're kind of easier to learn. They're they're like a clean slate, you know. They they want to please. They want to be. They want to please their parents, and you know, and just like you mentioned earlier, like. I know I, I've always been in awe of my parents for so many things and for so many reasons. And when it comes to God, when you were talking about um, wisdom earlier, I, I do believe that a wise person is a person of which uh, God is dwelling. Because here's the thing, um, you mentioned also before, like you, you kind of asked for it, God is going to give wisdom to those who are willing to ask for it. So there are some people out here who they may be well-read, they may have done well in school, they may have the book smart, but just because you have that type of um, intellect, it doesn't mean that you have the type of wisdom that you need in order to operate um, in life and navigate through life in a way that's going to be pleasing to God. It doesn't mean that because you you know, um, got all A's in school, that you know how to follow the commandments of God, like that's something different. Like that's going to take some serious wisdom. And the only way you're really going to get that wisdom is through your relationship that you have with God. And you talked about that a little bit earlier. So it is like being a child and you look into your father, like help me, lead me, you know, show me the way. So I, I'm, I'm right there with you on the, you know, as a child is to his father, that's how you should be to God. I would agree. Yeah, so we should have that childlike awe of our father. Like we, like we, we like. Wow, this person is so great. This person is so wonderful. We can't. Eat. Well, our little brains, our little baby brains, can't wrap our idea of how wonderful our parents was when we was a little kid. We should always be like that with God, because we can't truly understand who God is until we grow up out of these current flesh flesh bags that we're in currently. Mm -hmm. Man, yeah, and I'm grandparents. I found this verse. Man. Yeah, I do want to say in grandparents because that's like that old wisdom. I cannot tell you how many people, when they talk about life lessons and things that they were told that they've just held on and they've just, you know, gone to those that type of uh, wisdom throughout their lives, like that comes from a grandparent. Right. And I mentioned earlier when you did the noon prayer, how like you, you can't sleep on your grandparents. Now they drop some real gems, some real knowledge, and it may not even make sense at the moment. But then you will often hear people say, now I'll get what my grandmother was trying to tell me when I was a little kid. Like it might just sneak up on you. And then that light bulb just goes on. Like I, I get it now. Mm -hmm. Wow. Interesting side note. I was raised by my, my paternal grandmother mm -hmm. from the age of six months old. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I definitely understand. And I remember a saying that she always said, and it took me a, a, it took me a long time to completely understand it. Like maybe, like I, I understood it. It's a very short expression, but I understood it in bits and pieces. It's yeah. only recently I'm really starting to put it all together. Mm -hmm. The simple expression is charity starts at home and spreads abroad. Okay. 
Okay. You know what I remember from my grandmother is God don't like ugly. That's what I remember. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you. Okay. But in terms of explaining that, the chair just started home spread, bro. I thought, I mean, like you, I just think younger, it's like the good habits that you do at home, mm-hmm. then you spread abroad elsewhere, which mm-hmm. is still not incorrect. But if mm-hmm. you look at charity being a substitute for the word love, then it makes even more sense. It said, replace charity with love and say, love starts at home and spreads abroad. So, in order to love abroad, you need to love home. In order to love home, you need to develop the relationships with good functional relationships with everybody at home and good functional relationships with God himself so that we develop those good habits and we spread them abroad. So my understanding in the twenties, if in the last, you know, six months or year, I've even understood it even more. Like everything that we thought we understood, and this is an interesting concept that me and my wife talk about often. A lot of things that we talk about for the physical have a deeper spiritual meaning, and that's one of the things. Okay. All right. All right. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. Um, I think we should put another scripture out there. Um, so, I mean... Uh-huh. I know that Soph talked about Proverbs earlier. She did the nine ten, and mm-hmm. that was the part about wisdom, right? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of mm-hmm. wisdom. And then there's Proverbs 1, 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and that's true, genuine knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. So um, any thoughts about that? The true, genuine well, knowledge? Yes, it is definitely is true general knowledge. And well, let's just talk about what knowledge is versus wisdom. Okay. Uh, only diff- only real big difference between knowledge and wisdom is knowledge is knowing things. So mm-hmm. it, so let's say you go into school, right? And the teacher's up on the on the chalkboard and they put up their two plus two equals four, right? So you see the teacher, and you can and you you memorize the teacher put a two, put a plus sign, put another two, drew a line, and put four. That's knowledge. Now wisdom's a little different. Yes, we know the two, plus the two, and draw the line and make the four is four. Make it that means two plus two is four. But it isn't until we actually do it ourselves that it becomes wisdom. So wisdom is once you apply that knowledge into your life. There you go. Once you apply it. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's understanding that we need to understand God's rules, but it doesn't mean a thing to understand God's rules if we don't apply them to our lives. Yeah. Because so that's real. That, yeah, that's real wisdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Because I think sometimes people mistake knowledge like just for you know, memorizing things, for being able to recite things. But when you don't internalize it and you don't gain that true experience that comes from, as you mentioned, applying the knowledge, it just doesn't mean anything. 
it you know you could you can remember that the teacher said two plus two equals four but if it doesn't make sense if you don't know how to experience that you take two apples and then you add another two and then you're like oh, okay here's four i get it like it really resonates with you like that's that's where we have to be with god like things have to really resonate we can't just really go through life saying well i know i can't do this because it's going to be upsetting to god like you really have to feel it and understand it and know that it's all about your betterment like god wants you to be good it's not just that he wants you to do well he wants you to be good he wants you to have that everlasting life he wants you to turn away from sin because nothing about sin is good for us that's the thing you know people may say sin sure feels good to me when i'm you know in the bed romping around or whatever and that's like one of those things you know i'm not gonna sit here and try and tell you that you know, if you're romping around in bed, that is not going to feel good, but it can feel better when you're with someone, right, who is um, is that person of God and you're a person of God. That's when you really understand pleasure. Otherwise, you're just experiencing something that kind of feels good at the moment for the moment. And I think that's where I am. I'm not like into just these moments anymore. Like I'm looking for the long term, I'm looking for the everlasting, I'm looking for the decisions that I make and the things that I do to really make sense to me, to really feel good, like that real good, not just at the moment, right? Not just because everybody else is doing it and I'm like jumping on a bandwagon. I'm not thinking that way anymore. Like I have a different thought process. So what I feel I'm experiencing these days, I'm experiencing that wisdom that's coming from God. And I could, I can feel the difference. I can feel the difference in my life. And before I just like keep going on and on with this, I'm going to go ahead and grab this comment and then Jab, just come on back in and, and take the floor. Um, Jab and cool little sister, what would you say about this um, verse here, Proverbs 14, 27, which says, um, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. Would you say there, and there is wisdom you know, so speaking of wisdom, you know, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. And, you know, one who find that path, you know, in wisdom can turn away from the snares of death. How do you break that down? Yeah, um, I was just kind of talking about that a little bit. But what, what are your thoughts? Um, well, let me just read that verse from... Um, it's funny enough. I was talking with over um, overseer. You ever um, seen him on um, yeah. the stereo streets? Yes. Yeah. So he just brought up a new version of the Bible for us to read in, and I and I found it so interesting. But I looked at it and I'm like, well, this is gonna be one of the versions I'm going to use from now. On. And it's actually the International Children's Bible version. <laughs> okay. As crazy as it sounds, mm -hmm. but. It, it, it's something about it that just convicts you a certain way. It says, okay, so we'll read that. Proverbs 14, 27. Right. Respect for the Lord gives life. It is like a fountain of water that can save people from death. Yeah. Yeah. So That's just think about it. You notice they don't even use the word fear. They use the word respect. And I think that's a very right. important yeah, that's that, that reverence. When, that when they're teaching, about. yeah, well, if when you're teaching a child about fearing the Lord, you want them to understand the respect 
the respect thing, the respect part, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I think it's important to really unpack fountain, right? When you think of a fountain, what do you think of? What are your first thoughts? Hmm, fountain of water. Hmm, when I think about anything that flows, especially biblically, I always think about the Holy Spirit because I think about the Holy Spirit as a fluid force that comes into our lives. And that's the fountain of water that can save people from death. At least that's to me. I don't know about your interpretation, but that's my, th- that's my feeling. That is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that when we, su- we submit to the Holy Spirit, that can flow into our lives and it can wash away all that dirty stuff. It can move out those pebbles, you know, that sin over here that you had on. They got a stronghold over there. It can get out of the, you had a little bit of uh, issue with this. It can just wash that away. And then guess what? It's all clear now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think of it also as this thing that's like continual. You know, like it's not just gonna. There's not gonna be like just a little drip here and a little drip there. It's like when you turn on to God, like that's gonna keep going. Like when, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when you really turn to God and He turns on that fountain, it's just gonna always be there. That that flow is gonna continue going, and so that's why you you really have to be serious when you go to God, right? Because If you're not serious, you might get a drip here and a drip there, right? But it's not until you really um, create that relationship with God where he's just going to, it's just going to flow for you. Like so many things are going to flow. You're going to have um, these benefits coming your way, benefits that you can only get through God. You may not even even understand anything more than this had to have come from God. There have been so many times when things have happened within my life and I've just simply said, ain't nothing but God, (laughs) ain't nothing but God. And I don't, you know, I don't try to understand it beyond the point that I know that he appreciates my efforts. I know that he knows that I'm not perfect, but I'm really trying. And he's rewarding me and he's giving me some motivation to keep going and to keep doing. So, you know, things are already predetermined, predestined. So I may feel like, okay, I just did something good. And then here comes this reward. No, God already knows. He already knows. And when he shows me a sign that he knows and he's acknowledging my effort, it just makes me want to keep on going and keep on pleasing him. Oh, do you ever, I mean, like, do you ever feel that way? Do you ever have these things happen within your life and you just know God's paying attention to you? And it's kind of like, while I have your attention, I'm just going to keep on pleasing you because I want all eyes on me. Like, do you ever feel that way? Jab, I don't know where you are, but anybody else who's on here, um, let me know if you've ever had these moments where you know God was listening and that he was um, quick to uh, reward you. Sometimes I think it happens so quickly that I'm like, man, it just increases my desire to walk with him. Does that ever happen to you, Jab? I'm asking you, do you ever well, have things happen so quickly and then you're like, man, it just blows your mind? Like, that ain't nothing but God. Nobody else could have made this happen. Oh, well, I see that all the time. 
I I think I can think about that um, just in terms of a testimony of something with my um, at church on Sunday. Um, my brother-in-law, he was going in for surgery here for, um, and he was. They were concerned there was going to be a very long surgery, right? But we prayed over. We prayed that it was going that things were going to be better than what they said, and it went from being an eight-hour surgery to being a four-hour surgery. And they didn't find anywhere near the things that they were suspecting to find. So I think God can do things very fast. Or, or just like this afternoon when, I, when, you, when we came on and we went to pray earlier. And you, you feel that difference. So when you're obedient to God and, you, and the Holy Spirit taps on your shoulder and tells you to do something, and you do it, you get an immediate small reward. And, and over time, I believe that the more and more that you listen, and you follow what the Holy Spirit tells you, that he will be, he understands that God understands that he can trust you in the little things so he can start trusting you in the bigger things. Yeah, and he, he's going to reward you. And, and, you know, as we talk about reward, I think it's so important to, to come back to the word fear because how great is it is when people think about fearing the God fearing God, that they also think about being rewarded by God, right? It makes it a little less scary. It makes it a little more desirable. When you think about fear, you also think about being rewarded by God. Mm -hmm. um, let's go ahead and, and grab these comments. Yes, you know, he said one of our ways are pleasing to him. And he also tells us um, that he's a reward of those that diligently seek him. So yes. it's a good place to be, you know, to know that you're in God and you're putting in everything. And, you know, when your ways are pleasing to him, he's going to lift you up. He's going to exalt you, you know, and he's going to do mighty things in your life. And he said he will also grant us the desire of our heart. So, yes, I do feel that way. God is a good God. Yeah. And what I love about what you just said, so is that it's almost like what we do unto God, he's going to do unto us. And I mean this, you know, and and when we're pleasing God, he's going to please us. So it's like, yeah, I'm doing this. God loves it. He's going to come back to me and he's going to do something that's going to make me feel happy and make me fall even more in love well, with him. Like it's it's reciprocity at its best, I feel. Yeah, but just be careful with that reciprocity. Let's not get into the point where we're just saying we're going to do th the right thing for no, God no. because no, he's no. going to give us something. I, I, I just want to make sure that we don't get, get there thinking that, you know, we're doing something good for him so he can do something for us like it's a, a quid pro quo kind of relationship. It don't no. work exactly like that because the gifts that he gives, we can never, ever, ever earn. And that's why it's called grace. <laughs> right. I understand. And I want to just, you know, you know, be very clear when I say, again, it's being pleasing to God. And when you're and when you're pleasing to God, it's not like you're expecting. Right. That's not what I'm trying to say to you at all. I'm saying God will give us things because he wants to reward us. He wants us to have things. So that's what I mean by that reciprocity. It's not like I'm doing it just because, but he's definitely going to recognize and reward us. So um, let's go ahead and grab these next messages. I definitely have. Um, I had a moment where my brother 
was in the car wreck. Rest in peace to my my stepbrother. Um, I went outside of my house and I just went. It was very quiet on that street. I looked in the sky. The sky was very clear. And I told God, I said, God, I said, I know what you're capable of doing just between me and you. I want you, I'm going to give you a challenge. And I felt God was smiling. I gave him a challenge to heal my brother in two months from his, his, his arm injury. I told him just between me and him. But in two months, I never said nothing. And God healed my brother in two months. He was, he posted me in, in the arm cast for seven months. So, God. Yeah, he could definitely do it. That's for sure. Can you hear me, little sis? Yeah, I was just, you know, giving you a chance to speak to Landmark Radio. He was a little low. I was trying, I turned my volume all the way up so I could hear him. Um, it sounded like he was saying there was a situation with his brother and he spoke to God and he kind of gave God a, a challenge and he just kept quiet and, and God kind of delivered on what he asked for. Is that what you got out of it? Yeah, that's exactly what he said. Yeah, I, and I, I have even better testimony than that. Um, I remember when I was going through a relationship that was getting very, very sour. Um, and it got to the point where I was so hurt that I went outside one night. And I was like, I just, it was a, a cloudless night. And I just looked up there at the stars and I was like, Lord, Lord, Lord. I don't know what to do alone. But if this relationship is meant to be, make it meant to be. But Lord, if it's not, please remove this hurt from my heart. So I, 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 when I prayed this, I prayed this out loud, like screaming pretty much. Like I was crying and screaming. I was just a mess, right? So after I did, so I went and I went back. I went in the house and went to sleep. And the next morning, the hurt was gone. Hmm. Wow. Uh -huh. Yeah, I think, you know, that's that's the great thing when you have a relationship with God, because you come back and you can speak from experience. And I think that's what resonates well with people. Like some people you can tell a verse to and they're going to get it. But when you speak from experience and I'm that type of person, when I hear stories like that, it makes it puts me in awe. It makes me want to get to know this God and on that level. So I love when people share their experiences. And I thank each and every one of you that's doing that. I'm going to go ahead and pick up these two comments while we're waiting for Jab to come back. Good morning from Asia. Um, I'm a Buddhist. I'm not a Christian. So um, from what? I'm just here to share some thoughts of uh, what I think about uh, this fear about the gods. Okay, uh, For me, I don't really see the point in fearing anyone. Okay? Because in my teaching, in the Buddhist teaching, we think that uh, fear is obviously something that we want to overcome and uh, something that our inner peace, we want to find inner peace uh, through overcoming all these obstacles. So I don't think there's any point for us to actually fear any individual or any beings as anything we do held accountable towards ourselves in the end. Uh, 
uh, I think uh, most people who actually relate with Buddhists have, will actually know we actually believe in this uh, karma thingy. Uh, so this kind of uh, concept which actually helps us to know that we are accountable. Well, thank you for your comment, sir. Um, I wish you had came on a little bit earlier when we actually defined what fear we were talking about. We weren't talking about fear as in, oh, we're afraid. We're talking about fear as in having awe or something and having reverence. So perhaps maybe if you had been on just a little bit earlier, you would have understood that and you might have made a slightly different comment. But thank you for your comment anyway, sir. So why SP? I think I'm getting that right. We definitely appreciate your comment and your perspective and invite you to listen throughout this discussion. And for what you may have missed in the beginning, um, when we're done, the recording will be available and you can go back and listen to it. Um, I, I understand what you mean when you talk about accountability. And one of the things that we're hoping to accomplish with this discussion is, and I know we didn't get to your message, you know, in a real timely way. So maybe you might feel a little differently after you heard a little bit more. But um, I did just say, I really want people to look at fear. And when they apply it to fearing God, they understand that it's actually a good thing. It just means having the highest and the greatest respect for someone. Um, it means um, that you're just exalting someone, that you're adoring someone, you're surrendering yourself to him because you know that he wants you to have a good life here on earth and in heaven. And you know that when you look to please God, that is going to be a rewarding experience. So um, just when you think of fearing God, also think that God wants to reward you with everlasting life. So it's actually a good thing. And again, as we move through this discussion, we invite you to come back in the end and just let us know if you might feel a little bit differently, or maybe you'll take it away and just kind of let it absorb. And um yeah, I just think it's important to get these different perspectives, especially when people are being respectful. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. So let's go ahead and grab the, the next comment. Hold on. Actually, before we grab that, I just so so that he knows what we're talking about. Um, when I was talking about the definition of fear, um, the fear that he was talking about was that un unpleasant, often strong emotion. That's yeah. not the fear we're talking about. We're talking about a profound reverence and awe, especially towards God. That that we, we feel, we know he's powerful, we know he can do things, but that's not the fear we're talking about. We're talking about oh, we serve an awesome God and that we, we revere him and we just have no other choice but to worship and praise him and exalt him and put him on high based on, the, on what he has done for all of us. That's the kind of fear we're talking about. Okay, let's grab this next message. We're not giving because we want to get, but we, we want to live a life of submission. We want to submit unto God. He called us to, you know, to submit. He called us to present our all. You know, the scripture said we should, you know, present our bodies to God. We should give him all of us. So I, I guess it's being in a state of submission, submitting to our master. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's we're all we're not always going to be on the exact same page. Um, 
But I think that the things that are really important, um, I think we're all on the same page about pleasing God, exalting him, submitting to him. And the reason I speak about reward is because that's been my experience with God. I feel, you know, when people say, I know God knows my heart, like I feel that he is seeing my heart and saying, keep, keep at it. Keep at it, cool little sister. I'm paying attention. I, I'm I'm gonna send some benefits your way because you you deserve them. I know you need them. You pray for them, and it's a good thing. Like you're not praying for anything bad. So I, I that's what I'm speaking of when I talk about um you know those benefits. Like anybody that's on this line, if you are at a certain age, which I think you are because you have to be at least 18 to be on here. If you don't feel that you've gotten benefits from God and you're a believer, I would find that I would find that somewhat difficult to believe. I would say that's distressing in fact. Because he's had to do something for you. Wait a minute, say that again? I said I would find that to be distressing if you serve God and you haven't reaped any benefit of it, right. that would be distressing. Exactly. That'd be distressing because yeah. that means that there's something that you're missing because there right. are many rewards. We know the main reward being in John three sixteen, obviously, but there are other rewards is in like the fruits of the spirit that we should have. And those and, are kind of rewards that you receive. And I don't mean no. monetary or material things either. Like in this COVID world, every day that you wake up and you don't have COVID and you're breathing and, you know, you're still functioning. <laughs> There's something to yeah. be said about that, too. Yeah, that's a reward for sure. Because that's a reward not everybody's getting, trust me. Um, right. One of my um, one of my wife's, um, uh, actually my wife's best friend had, um, she got, she tested positive recently, and her brother did too. But he ended up actually in the hospital. So, you know, uh, we, we need to pray. I remember to pray for them when we close out as well. But look, we're not there. We we haven't got it. So to God be the glory. So I have reaped the reward for sure. That's right. Now, do you feel, Jab, that um you will miss heaven? when you don't fear God? Like, do you feel that that fear of God is necessary in order to get to heaven, to get into heaven? Um, I want you to think about that for a second. And I'm going to grab this comment in the meantime. Hey, coolest sister, AJ Moss. Um, I wanted to show you guys some love and also saying very good show. Um, I believe that in the Old Testament, um, Many people could not approach God the way that we are now. And um, now, since Jesus came and resurrected, we have a more, we can now have a more personal relationship with God, you know, with Jesus. And so um, it's, it's better this way. Before then, um, we were but servants of God, but now we can be friends of God and that's what um, fear in him you know means knowing that he gave us this opportunity to get to know him better I love that thank you for being here too Lady Light it's so good to, to hear your voice and to have you here so 
thank you for supporting us and showing up for this live. Um, I'm going to go ahead and grab this next comment, and then I'm curious um, about the question I asked you. Okay, to all respect, uh, I have been here since the start of the podcast. Okay, so yeah, I do hear about you saying about fear is uh, for what you call it is is some a form of like respect towards uh, your God. Yes, uh, but I I view it very very differently. But why would you want to use the word fear to represent respect? For let's say a Buddhist, we respect our teacher, the Buddha. That's all. We we pay respect because his teaching is right. We don't really need to fear him. We can treat him as, as a friend, our teacher. That's pretty much it. So the concept in Buddhist, we don't really need to have this kind of concept of fearing our uh, teacher because he's the one who wish us well. He give us the knowledge. And that's pretty much it. It doesn't really require fear in any context. So why does this uh, fear is a necessi necessity? Um, so thank you for coming back and, and really thank you for being here from the beginning of the, you know, the session. And, and I hope you're still here. And one of the things that I would like to say to that, um, because I, I probably felt the same way as you when I first heard about fearing God, but I see it totally different. And I do realize even now we're saying the same thing. We're just using different words. So it's a matter of semantics. And the part of fear that I would really like you to think about is when I process the word fear, it means that I don't want to disappoint God. I don't want to let him down. I always want to be in awe of him. I always want to respect him. And and if I feel that I'm not doing that, then it's it's more about that feeling that I have in letting him down. That's how I process the word fear. It's not like I'm afraid of him. And it's not even about being afraid of God. It's more so being afraid about the decisions you're making. That's that accountability that you were talking about earlier. If you're not making a decision or a choice that's pleasing to God, then you should probably fear that choice that you're making, not God. It, that accountability does fall on you. I mean, I don't know how you feel about it, Jab. Hey, uh, I think you pretty much spoke spoke it up for me. You, you took the okay. I ain't gonna say you took the words out of my mouth, but you definitely took mm -hmm. the concept out of it. Okay, you feel the same way then, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Let's let's grab this other comment, and then you think you might be ready to answer that question. <laughs> you have to remind me the question. My mind drifts so fast. <laughs> All right, I'll come back to it. I believe we fear God, first of all, He's our creator. He's the one who gives us breath. He's the one who gives us life. He's the one who gives us knowledge and all things pertaining to life. So we fear He is our master. And yes, we have that fear, you know, that fear of right living, right doing. And yes, we fear Him. He's our master. So we have to fear our creator. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. So I was asking you if you think that you can get to heaven without a fear of God. That's what I was asking you. Do you think you will miss heaven when you don't fear God? If you don't fear God, is it still possible for you to get to heaven? <laughs> okay. So let's take that word again. And so we don't have any confusing. 
we'll understand that fear in, ter in terms of the word profound reverence or in awe, especially towards God. Can you make it to heaven without being reverent that all, that God is an awesome God and that you revere him? Hmm. Right. Well, we know that to establish a relationship with him is to follow his laws. There's no way around that, correct? Correct. So let me ask you a question. When you was a little kid and you looked up to your father or your mother and they told you to do something, was it easier for you to do it when you was a little kid or was it easier for you to do it when you was a teenager? I don't know that I can answer that question. You may have to ask it in another way. You, are you, well, there's are you a reason why I'm saying that. Why okay. I'm saying that is when, when you was a little child and you looked up to your parents as if in wonder and awe of them, when they would say this, the little things to you to do, you would do them and you would do them so cheerfully because you treasured that relationship with them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But when you're a teenager, you were more rebellious. When they told you something, you was always trying to rationalize why you should or should not do that. I see your point. Mm -hmm. I was. I, I was hoping you would draw that line. Now, I see your so point. So in terms of having a reverence, to make mm -hmm. it to heaven, we know we have to follow his laws and we have to have a relationship with him. It's hard mm -hmm. to have a relationship with the, with the God that created the whole universe and you don't have respect for him. I, I mean, when I mean respect, I don't mean a little respect. I mean respecting that he's the creator of all things. Mm -hmm. So that... I don't, I don't know how you're going to make it to heaven. You don't have that kind of respect because without that kind of respect, you're not going to have that kind of relationship with him. Yeah, I understand. Okay, let's grab some more of these messages. I don't want to get too far behind. Oh, geez. There's this grassroots movement called Let the Earth Sing, which aims to get the whole world to put their differences aside for a couple of minutes to have a sing-along together, the world's largest. The world's largest sing-along in all of recorded history. And um, while talking to some people about this, they mentioned the one uh, 44,000 angels. And I wonder if you all know any more about that, because I would like to know more about that. There's th this idea that heaven on earth is going to come uh, after the whole world like joins hands and puts their differences aside. The, the Bible says that they will sing along or something. Um, Do you know what he's hmm. talking about? Well, well, th well, thank you for your comments, um, best name ever. Um, I would say that your things, are, what you're saying, are a little bit fuzzy. When In terms of the 144,000, those are angels. Those are people that lived here on earth that will go up and get heavenly instruction in order to administer God's kingdom. Um, as far as we all put, we all join our hands and put the differences aside. Uh, no, that's not what happens in the Bible. In fact, they say at a certain point, all the nations will cry peace and then Armageddon actually start basically. So <laughs> that's not exactly how it goes. But um, the kingdom that we speak of is one that, um, yes, there's going to be a battle. But after that battle is won, 
by by um, our God and Jesus Christ as His general, in the, as the King here on earth, along with God, that then we will, we will see that peace that you're talking about, and there'll be a peace. We already can have the peace that surpasses all understanding right here, just by respecting God and following His laws, submitting to the Holy Spirit, and letting Him work in our lives. But that on those days, after when the devil is locked up in the pit from which he'll never escape, that we will have much more peace, and that will truly be the peace that surpasses all understanding. Well, I hope that answers it for you because I was a little bit lost on the putting all of our differences aside because that's just too general for me. That's too much of a generalization. But um, let's go ahead and grab this next comment. Yeah, also, you know, from the also, respect is always um, iffy, iffy but see. It, respect can always change, but fear is everlasting you know and um i mean when you are when you're on a job i mean most people are afraid to lose their jobs because of fear so they have to do their jobs right uh, most people are uh, fear of their parents that's why they do the right thing some people are afraid of doing wrong. That's why they do right. So um, respect doesn't come in all those. But those are just examples. I understand. Mm, I understand where she's coming from. But yet and still, I would say that respect is more important. And I'm Now that's going to draw me into a Bible verse I would want to reach. I'm trying to see if I need to read the whole chapter or just part of the chapter. <sighs> Look, Holy Spirit got my mind. Okay, so I think I'll read from 1 John 4, and I'm going to start at 16. And it says, And we have known and believed the Lord, the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein our love is made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God and hate of his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother, whom he hath seen, how can he love God who he hath not seen? And this commandment we have for him, he that loveth God loveth his brother also. Yeah, see, I, I still feel that the way that I process fear is more so the fear of losing God if we are not living in accordance to a way that would be pleasing to him. I still think mm. that fear is more more about losing God than like being afraid of God. Afraid of him. Yes. Do you, do you understand and, what I'm saying? Oh, I agree with you totally. In fact, 
when I changed over to a different to that international children's version, when in the other verse when I changed fear over, it changed into respect. But in this version, fear stayed fear. So it means the the afraid fear. Then that fear is not the fear we're supposed to have. That you're yeah. afraid to do wrong. Because we know if we live if we walk around afraid of trying to do wrong, mm-hmm. we're not going to do right. It's going we're going to make mistakes. And then we're going to be guilty about the mistakes that we made. Because mm-hmm. when we do that, we walk in, when we walk in, in that kind of fear, we're walking in condemnation. And we know the Bible already says there's no condemnation in those who love, who love the Lord. So that is difference between that, that afraid fear doesn't allow for you to establish a relationship. Yeah, I think that's what Lady Light, maybe she's still on here. I I think that's why she was really kind of trying to highlight the word respect, because here's the thing. And and I know that I am this person. If someone continues to disrespect me, I'm out. So that's the fear that I think. Like, if you disrespect God, like you should fear losing him like God's not going to be disrespected he's not going to keep hanging around while you disrespect him especially like there's a difference between like making a bad choice and you repent and you you know you're just trying to be a better person but if you keep doing that same thing over and over that's disrespectful exactly and you should fear losing God right because you're not respecting him Mm -hmm. that's kind of how I see it um, let's grab exactly. These, yeah, let's grab these two comments and, and keep discussing. Hey, question for y'all. Question: What text have y'all used for fear God yet? Have y'all used any of the Proverbs text yet? Let me know because I'm gonna throw something. At. I want y'all to read Proverbs eight thirteen for me, and let me know and, and see would that ring a bell or see where that put you, you know, on the map and have a different mindset for the listeners. Holla. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, so I'm ready. We have read um, from Proverbs, but you're speaking to Proverbs 810 now. Do you have that up, um, Jab? I'm going to grab these next couple of comments oh, and then yeah. certainly we can pull that Proverbs 810 in. So you said Proverbs 810 or 813 mm-hmm. or something? I no, think he said 813. 13. Did he say 813? Okay. Yes. So I'm going to read it again from the International Children's Bible because I want this makes it abundantly clear so we're not confusing the words fear and respect. It says, if you respect the Lord, you, will, you also will hate evil. It is wise to hate pride and bragging, evil ways and lies. Huh. So f- for me, that, that, that explains everything you need to know. If you respect the love, Lord, which means that you also love him. You need to respect him. You need to be in awe of him, but you need to love him so you have that relationship. Then you will hate to do the things that he doesn't want you to do. And you won't, uh-huh. don't want to be bragging and you won't want to be prideful because you know those you can't have any pride in something that somebody else gave you. Yeah, none and of this stuff you is yours. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, like yeah, that's what I'm that just my, to cover my life it is all, not my own. Mm-hmm. Just to cover it all, what is um, 
What does 10 say? 810. Uh, I don't think it has anything to do with Let me look here. All right. 810 said, choose my teachings instead of silver. Choose knowledge rather than the finest gold. Okay. Just want to make sure we have it all covered. Um, thank you for reading those too. Let me grab these two comments. And Storm Ready, if you wanted to dig deeper into that, you know, come back and, and tell us what you're thinking. Share your thoughts. You, you wanted us to read it. So let us know where your thoughts are with that. Um, I think that you have it in that way that there's two kinds of fear. There's two kinds of fear. There's fear of God, then do it, meaning doing the right thing for God, fear of God, then there's also actually fear, fear, when you're afraid of things around you. So there's two kinds of fear. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. don't get them confused. Right, absolutely. I agree with you. Um, I, I hope that we've made that clear. Um, yeah, because I think we keep trying to position it in different ways, but still draw that same conclusion that fearing God isn't a bad thing. Um, let's grab this other comment. Let's add to that question, cool little sister, if one who do not fear God, you know, can make it into heaven. I don't believe that because that one who does not fear, you know, God, mean reverence in God, reverential fear in awe, of God, if there is no fear, then I mean there is nothing for God. Do not acknowledge him, do not accept and not living and walking in his holiness and righteousness. So I don't believe one who do not fear the reverential fear that all of his majesty and want to know God would be heaven bound because that one have no fear for God means that's just no dealing. No, no God, not the true and living God, you know. So not walking in that fear, having that acknowledgement, wanting nothing to do with God. Yeah, I mean, what Self is saying basically is that we need to acknowledge his, di you know, his divine status. Right. That's what we're talking about. We need to understand that he is the highest of the high. And who wouldn't want to be connected to a person like that? Right. He has such divine status. It's like you can't do the very minimal, the very little and expect to have a great relationship with God. Like you have to give him the respect that he deserves and requires. <laughs> I, I, you know, hey, you said it best. Yeah, I'm saying I, like, I just think about that song when it's like, how great is our God? Sing with me, how great is our God? And all will sing, how great, how great is our God? And we say, he's the name above all names, and he's worthy of all praise. And our hearts will sing, how great is our God. That's the reverence we need to have right there. When we recognize that he's the name above all names. That's and he's right. He's worthy of all praise. Omnipotent. He's able to do anything, right? He has unlimited power. 
And we have to realize what that means. That's that's all. We just have to realize how great our God is. And when we do that, that respect is just something that you're going to want to offer to him. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're going to fall. Sometimes you're going to do something dis- disrespectful. Like it may be the use of uh, vulgarities. It may be watching something on TV that, you you know, it may be a bit pornographic or something. You know, it, it, it's down to those type of things. But um, we just have to want to do better, try to do better. We have to learn how, because you just said this, Jab. I think you said you were watching something and maybe there was language. One of your teams lost in a sporting event and you were feeling a kind, some kind of way, wanted to watch something that made you laugh, but the, the language was a little bit sketchy. And your wife came to you and was like, no, you know better. You know that's not pleasing to God. And you had to make a choice right then, didn't you? Pretty much so. Because, yeah. I, because I can't serve two masters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there it is. But But at the same time, you know, there are people who are going to say, yeah, you guys say that this is such a loving God. If he's such a loving God, why is he so critical of of the smallest things, of things that they may perceive to be petty? What do you say to people like that who who are questioning whether or not our God is a loving God because he, he requires so much of us? Well, let me ask you this question. If you, if you have a kid your own child, and they live in your house. Don't you have requirements of them? Don't don't you have rules and regulations that they must follow, or otherwise there there are consequences? Well, think and, of this: here. we I all agree. live in God's house. Mm-hmm. This is His house, so everything we do here is His. So He has rules and requirements in place. So to follow them follow his rules is to respect him you know how i would answer that too um to add on to what you just said when someone asks if your god is so loving why is he so critical or so requiring he's 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 actually caring for us out of love he's trying to protect us Right. So it may sound like he's being kind of harsh and maybe he's saying, no, 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 you can't do this or don't do that. But it's for our betterment. That's what we have to realize. Sometimes when we feel we want something so much and someone tells us, no, it seems like that person doesn't love me, can't love me. He's telling me no to something that I want to do. But he knows when it's not to your or for your betterment. That's the love mm-hmm. part of it. That's how our God is a loving God because he wants mm-hmm. what's best for us. He wants to offer us that betterment that we may not be able to see at the moment. Exactly. So I just want to go back to when you mentioned a little bit earlier about, you know, a lot of people like to say God knows knows I, knows my heart. And like whenever they do something, like, oh, God knows my heart. I, he done, done did some else bad. God knows my heart. Yes, God knows your heart. And if you read your Bible, you read Jeremiah. I think it's Jeremiah 13. I can't remember the verse. It talks about the heart being desperately wicked. So <laughs> that's a bad cop out to use there. 
for you to say God knows your heart, but you don't yeah. know your own heart means that you're not trying to establish a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And that's not a good thing. So, a- so I, I wonder too, Jab, um, I, I wonder if I could ask, because I have a note jotted down that Romans 3 verses 10 through 18 describes the way of the world, like how the world is right now. Do you, um, I'm going to grab these two comments and then would you take us through Romans chapter 3 verses 10 through 18 after I grab these? Certainly. Okay, thank you. So one thing that I would add is our God is so loving that he has these these laws in place, these guidelines, these suggestions, or however way you want to have it appear um, to protect us. Mm-hmm. You know, don't steal, don't lust, don't covet. All of these things, they are important to good morals, to having a good character. So it only seems restrictive because we want to relish in our sin. Whereas if we are trying to be apart from our fleshly desires and more so towards um, the character of Jesus, you're going to see a transition of these things aren't restrictions. They're actually liberations. Right. Thank Ooh, you. That God. is why mm-hmm. my God. My God, thank you. Thank you for that comment. We know that the Lord was working in you for that comment. Yes, Lord. Yeah. yeah because right. those aren't, because a lot of times we really pay attention to our lives and we do a retrospective. We think back to how our lives were. The things that we thought were freedoms actually mm-hmm. turned out to be bondage. Mm-hmm. So we're like, yeah, yeah, I was free. Yeah, I can drink. Man, I can drink. I can drink. And next thing you know, you don't have you stuck it. You have to drink. You have to drink. You have to drink. So guess what? You just put a chain on yourself. You thought you was being free, but you actually changed yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. All right. Let me grab this next comment, and then hopefully you can read those scriptures. He's just a God of order, you know, and we have to walk in obedience. He's a righteous God, and he calls us to righteousness. He's a loving God and he calls us to love. He's a holy God and he calls us to be holy. He's a forgiving God and he calls us to forgive. So, you know, we have to walk into obedience. He's the king of this kingdom and the kingdom is governed. There are rules and we have to live by the principle. We cannot mm-hmm. call him Lord and do not the things that he says. I mean, he's a loving God. He's a merciful God. And he just wants us to walk in obedience. Because when they do not walk in obedience, there are consequences. And, you know, the promises of God. He said, if you do this, I will do that. His promises are conditional. And, you know, we are in the land. You know, we, we are in a system. We are in a government system. And there are certain things we have to do. There are certain principles that we have to follow. So how can we not want him to follow principles? I, I, I totally agree, Soph. And one of the things I think about sometimes, like, when people get caught up, and I don't say this in a disrespectful way, that's not my intention, but like if you get caught up in that word fear and you can't move past it, that's just like those people who get caught up in the word submit and, and they don't understand how, you know, it's actually a good thing. And 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 honestly, I don't want to have such a casual relationship with God where I'm like, come on, God, we're boys, right? We're homies, right? Like, well, let me go ahead and, and why don't you let me slide on this one? 
Like, I, I don't want my relationship with God to be that casual. I do want to look at him as that person that I do have the highest respect for, that I'm not going to take certain things to him. I'm just not going to do certain things to him because I don't want to put him in that type of position where he's going to be disappointed in me, even for asking, right? When I know better, when I know it's wrong. Like, I don't want to think that, I could take this to God when I know better. Now, if I fall, I do want to be able to pray to him and ask for his forgiveness and repent, but I don't want it to seem like things are just so casual. Like maybe he'll just let me go ahead and slide with this one. There's just something that I see about that word fear. And, and no matter how I look at it, I keep coming back to a positive place with it. It just doesn't bother me. Like I think it, it bothers certain people. Um, yeah. it, it just I, doesn't. I'm not stuck I, on it like that. Like it's bad. I agree with you. It's just like with submit. I'm not stuck on it like it's bad. No. And it's like, it's like you know, we have women who say they don't like the idea of submitting to a man, but I'm not going to be mad at the women because usually it's because the man has to submit to God. And how are you going uh, how are you going to expect the woman to submit to you and you have to submit to God there's a chain of command going on if you don't follow the chain of command then how can you ask for some, ask for a benefit or have a a, a a wife that's going to be your help meet but you can't be a help to God mhm mhm yeah you know and and also like that fear thing i think is what you can use even if you see fear in a way that maybe you're afraid of God, which again, we're not at all promoting that or suggesting that in a way that should be perceived as bad. But maybe it's one of those things where like, let's say this urge comes about, right? And you have the choice of, you know, going with that urge or you stop for a moment and you think about the fear of God and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to do it. Like if it's that thing that combats that bad urge, if it gets you not to do it just because you think just from the thought of fearing God, like that's, that's not necessarily such a bad thing. It's just giving you some direction. I feel that's how I look at it. Um, I, I don't know. We, I think we all have to kind of, get to that place where we're able to process things in a way that it brings us closer to God and that we realize that our God is a good God. I don't know that we are necessarily here to try to convince people beyond just the word. Like if you can't get past the word and you can't see God um, for who he is, that divine person that we've spoken about, um, if you're just going to you know, get stuck on a word, I, I don't know much what we can say about that, right? <laughs> I hate I don't know either. But since we have no messages, let's go ahead and get to that read. I'm actually gonna go up one verse higher. I'm gonna go up to Romans three nine. Okay. What what then? Are we better than they? No, and wise. For we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understands. There is none that seek after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are 
together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulchre. With their tongues, they have used deceit. The poison of asked is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. In the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Yep. So, and if you guys want to read that yourselves, you know, and that's Romans 3. You started from 9, verse 9, and you went through 18, right? Correct. It's kind of telling us, you know, that no one is righteous. And that's like us all being born in sin. Like we're we're sinful people. And the best thing that I can tell you is God doesn't hate sinners. He hates sin. And there's a difference, right? Exactly. He hates the actions, not the people. Hence right. the same way. Since the hate way God is, we should be the same way. We should hate what people do, but we should never hate people. Mm-hmm. We should always love them, and through love, we should be try to um, show them their ways. But I just want to go back to uh, Romans thirteen through through um, thirteen and fourteen because they led into our last bit discussion we had last week on the uh, power of the tongue. So they say Romans 3.13, their throat is an open sepulcher, which means it's bringing death. And then their tongue, they lie with it. And then poison is under their lips. And their whole mouth is full of cursing. That's the profane and bitterness. Wow. That just shows you how dangerous our words are. So we have to be careful with controlling that that mouth really badly. Because that will show how much we actually fear God too as well. Because if we fear God, we don't want nothing to sound, we don't want our throats to sound like that. In no way, shape, or form. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's a nice um, piggyback one when we had that discussion about the power of, of the tongue. So let me go ahead and grab this comment. Cool little sis, like Exactly. There were a lot of things in my, um, maybe not a lot, but a couple of things in my life that felt like I had strongholds that I knew that was disappointing to God and that he just wouldn't, he didn't like it. And every single time I had urges to do whatever it is I was doing, I kind of took a step back and I would really pray and ask God for, for deliverance from it. And I would also be like, you know, there's a lot of sadness in this world. There's a lot of disappointment. There's a lot of pain that God sees. And I don't want to add to more of his pain. I Mm want to make God happy. I want to make him smile. So that was a really big factor in me being delivered from a lot of these strongholds that I carried in my life. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty awesome, Ash. Um, and just to kind of dig deeper with God being a loving God and, and, you know, just trying to help people to understand 
again, that fearing God is not a bad thing. I just want to say, again, he recognizes that the world we live in, this is a really challenging world. It could be very challenging to do the right thing or to do good things, especially when there's someone as strong and powerful as the devil, right? And so God just wants us to know that he's here to support us. He can give us that wisdom that we were talking about, but you have to seek it. You wouldn't have to worry so much about fear being a negative thing if you know that God is actually that person who says, I'm going to give you what you need to make it through this challenging world, right? To survive in this challenging world, just seek me, just seek. I'm here for you. Like I'm, I'm going to help guide you. Like that's, that's such a great thing to me. That's like, that, uh, and I'm going to give you something like an example. Just yesterday, I just, you know, you know, I had this verse and I, I think I shared this before. It was, um, if I'm not mistaken, it was first Peter verses three. It was first Peter three twelve, Right. And I read the word righteous and I was kind of stuck. Like, what does it mean? What does it mean? So then I remember that I received this paper. Um, it's for my neighborhood and it's from, it, it mentioned a church and I never visited this church. I'm new in the neighborhood, didn't know anything about it, but I called and I got a voicemail and I left a message and I just said, Hey, I just need to better understand this verse and specifically the word righteous. I just left that message. And the pastor himself called me. We talked about it. And then a couple of other people came into my life yesterday and just started talking about God. And it was right along the lines of understanding righteous. And I was seeking and God was listening. And then he brought me all these resources. And I was, I, oh my gosh, that's when I was in, in awe, right? Those are, are, and that might be like a really small example, but it put me in such awe of him because I did just like that. I was like, God, I need this to be more clear. Then boom, I remembered, hey, there's this church that was mentioned in the paper. Let me call and leave a message. And then I went on Instagram and someone was on there and I asked them about it and they offered this wonderful explanation. And then there was another person who was looking to do a live with me on stereo and she said she wanted to chat with me for a moment. So I gave her my number and we were supposed to have like a five or 10 minute conversation. It ended up being over 90 minutes and she told me more about righteous. And when I tell you again, that our God is someone that we should all, you best believe, you best believe it to be true. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because just think about the word righteousness. What it means is the quality of a being morally right or justifiable. So right to be righteous, you have to follow what God, the law of God put in front of us, because that's how we become morally correct. I mean, and and I think, you know, just to really break it down, being that righteous person, which 
already what you just read in, in Romans is telling us that we're not righteous, but you know, when you're aiming to, to become more righteous, it means that you're understanding sin and you are walking in the running in the opposite direction. Like, uh-uh, sin, get away from me. I'm all, I'm starting off not being righteous and I'm trying to improve that. <laughs> you know? Mm, exactly. <laughs> it's but like, just, just think you about these get people. out my face. <laughs> mm. But let me just add, I want to add a little scripture before we take that message um, in terms of, you know, how it pains God and pains Jesus for us to, to know the truth and not do the truth. I just want to read this one verse, mm-hmm. Hebrews 6, 6. I'm going to actually read it from the International Children's Bible. So it's very easy for everybody to understand. We don't need interpreting. And then they fell away from Christ. It is not possible to keep on bringing them back to a changed life again. For they are nailing the Son of God to a cross again and are shaming him in front of others. Mm-hmm. And that's just a little gut check for us. Mm-hmm. So we will understand what that fear really means and how if you love somebody and you respect them, you don't want to see them put on the cross again when they already been up there once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My God. Yeah, I love it. Okay, let's grab this comment. You know, it's really a bad thing not to fear God. God wants men, but men do not want God because it shows that God wants men. He loves us, that He sent His only Son to die for us. He died that we may have life and have it more abundantly. But men just want to be conformed. But Romans 12, 2 tell us that we should not be conformed to this world, but we should be transformed by the renewing of our mind that we may prove what is the good and acceptable, perfect will of God. So when we fear God, we can love him and get to know what is that perfect, good and acceptable will of him. Amen. 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 And, and you know what, Jab? Just thinking more about what um, White SGX said. I, mm-hmm. I hope I'm getting that right. You know, when uh, you say, "Why would you, you know, want to have a God that you fear?" Like, there's so many things out here that we should be fearing, like fearing using drugs and alcohol you know, fearing running with the wrong crowds. Like there's so many things out here that we should, you know, fear and people just don't. But then when you talk about fearing God in, in a really great way, then people want to question that. And and, <laughs> and, and they want to say, you know, hey, if you want to have alcohol or drugs, why not? That's your choice. You know, why shouldn't you? It makes you feel good. Be you. Do you. And we're telling you that God's telling you that you have the choice to do those same things. But uh, guess what? <laughs> There's consequences. Guess what? <laughs> <laughs> There's consequences. Yeah. I'm saying you can't keep. I say and here's the thing. We know better. Even people that don't know the Bible know what's right and wrong, even if nobody ever taught you. Because his laws, 
he has ingrained on our hearts. So we have a conscience that we know when we're doing something that we shouldn't be doing, we feel a prick. So even if, even if you are raised in, the, uh, in a, a spiritual household and don't know his laws, we know the laws because they're there in, inside of us. And if you have a problem even following God's laws, you're going to have a problem following the laws that we have here on earth, um, which, you know, some of those laws carry out God's laws. But I'm going to give you an example. And this, I always go back to this because I remember having a conversation with DCR 116. And he said, hey, if you're a Christian and a Buddhist and you're trying to have this relationship, it probably isn't going to work. You're going to be butting heads. And it resonated with me because um, I used to date someone that was a Buddhist and I was constantly on edge. Things like, um, you know, it, it, and again, some people may consider these to be small things, but I really try to be a law abiding citizen. So if the sign says, do not park here or you will get a ticket, I would not park there. But then my partner would say things like, well, it's stupid to have this sign here. I'm just going to park here. And then when he would get a ticket, he just wouldn't pay it because he felt that it was stupid to have that sign there. Right. So those little things start adding up and stacking up and you find that you just don't have the same belief system. Right. And so it's, it's just like when the gentleman says, you know, I want to be with someone who doesn't make me feel bad, who doesn't place me in fear. That's kind of like seeing that sign saying, don't park here. You're going to get a ticket and you park there anyway because you just want to. Because it feels good for you to be closer to the store than a few steps away. I, I hope that makes sense. If not, just try to take it in for a minute. <laughs> Let me grab some of these messages. Well, the problem with the whole thought of fear in God is that it's selling a false narrative. You know, one thing a lot of religious people like to do when they attack um atheists and agnostics is that they claim that God hates you or because you don't believe but if God is all-knowing God would know that many people would not follow or believe in said God you know and God would not be punishing you for not believing when you as a person when you when mankind started before the whole Bible and all that we were all in the cave we had to hunt for our food we weren't praying for it a lot of people use God's name to justify antagonistic attacks on others. You know, oh, you don't believe in God, you're going to hell, this and that. In reality, you don't believe in God. Because if you believed in God, you would know that God knows nothing. Well, let's play his other two messages and then I'll respond. And you know, the other problem is when it comes to spirituality, a lot of people are too focused on the lack of existence. Like, I'll give you an example. You look at a deer, you look at a cow, they're just eating, they're existing. Happiness is a very addicted issue for validation from society. For example, you need to refill the air you breathe, but you don't need to refill happiness 
You know what I'm saying? Happiness is a bonus. Emotional positivity is a bonus. And a lot of people can't tap into their spirituality because they're seeking aspects that go against just existing. You know what I'm saying? Happiness, sadness, all those emotional aspects of life are all trends because society constantly changes what happiness is, but existence never changes. Well, um, thank you for your comments. Um, but I think they're a little bit too far off the track for the show that we're specifically talking about. Um, do you disagree, Coolisis? Uh, you know, again, I appreciate, you know, someone has a different perspective and we heard it out. And, and I think that's the respectful, the respectable thing to do. Um, I don't know that we're trying to debate. Like, I get that you have a stance and we heard it and I appreciate it. So so thank you for being here. And we do hope you'll listen to the rest of the show. We have about 20 more minutes. Oh, your partner was just racking up the, the debt. Man, yeah, that that is dangerous long term, and it, it sounds noble, but it also sounds reckless. And being married to a reckless person, um, <laughs> your, your kids are going to be in a bad situation. So that, that that was some good job looking at those signs. I like to think that uh, uh, in ancient Hebrew that they they understood a fear differently. Like they understood it more in like an emotional context of like. Like, oh, I don't know where to move left or right. Like, uh, uh, where do I go? Well, you go wherever God is pushing you. Um, you know, when you're afraid, you find your, your foot, like, one foot in, like, one foot, one foot pointing the door, one foot staying in. Um, like, if, if you allow yourself to move in the fear of God, you're, you're safe because you know God wants Love what's it. best for you. At, versus, like, moving in the fear of uh, your boss. Um, your boss is... is is going to push you through the door or he's going to make you stay based on his um, benefit. You know what I mean? I love that Bible debt. I absolutely love it. It's not the type of fear that you have when you go to work and you don't know if a pink slip is going to be waiting for you. It's the exact opposite. It's like that ticket. It's like the ticket that you want. It's not that pink slip. I love the distinction that he made. Like, mm -hmm. did you... What do you think? Were you feeling that? I, I just well, love what he said. Well, when he was talking about the Hebrews, I was sort of like, that had threw me off a little bit because I was thinking, um, I remember I was I had did a message years ago and I was talking about how the Hebrews could turn away from God so quickly, even though they had just crossed over the Red Sea, I should say, their feet were still wet and then they're going to turn away from God because they actually got to see all the wonders of God. Like, we, we, we can understand, we can look at nature, and we mm -hmm. see the wonders of God, but Everywhere. not only did it, did, not only way did they get to see it in nature, they got mm -hmm. to see it in God making big actions, and mm -hmm. him, and him sending, sending 12 plates to Egypt, and him mm -hmm. um, opening up the Red Sea and closing it back, and him um, dropping manna from heaven, Waters from rock, having a cloud guide them by the guide them by the day, and a light guide them by night, and yet they still fell off. So, for me, I think I would think that the Hebrews actually shouldn't have the emotion of fear; that they should have the 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 understanding of fear, 
in that case of being respectful of being all having that awe of him because they saw what he did in person. So she, they shouldn't just fear him as in knowing what he could do bad, but they should reverence him and all the great things that he did for them openly. Okay. I, I, I get you. I get you. I, I, I like what he said too, at least in part. I mean, yeah, I like, I like what you both said there. Um, let me grab this next comment. Hey guys. Um, I remember there was a time that um, I was really um, at like fearing God, but not to an healthy extent. And looking back, I saw that it came from um, a, a kind of unbelief and not believing in God's love and his care. And mm -hmm. so a verse that really helped me out was Isaiah 51. I believe it's verse 17 um, um, to 22, which is about the end of the chapter. Um, but yeah, what, could you guys take a look at that and um, just oh, let love me know um, what you think about it? You you know what I thank you, learn learned person. Let me tell you what I love about what he just said. Um, so when I look at a particular period of my life when I felt that I wasn't looking to God, fearing God like I should have been is when I thought I was grown. You know how you can't wait to get out of your parents' house so you can do this and you can do that. And you you just kind of want to live your life, what you think is your best life, right? And you just out here, you're not even thinking about sin. You're just thinking about what you want to do, what everybody else is doing. How can you be in the in crowd? How can you get into that happening, popping club and so on? And you just are doing, you're almost doing without really thinking without really turning to God, without really seeing God. And I had that period in my life. I really did. And it went on for like a, a few years and then some. And now I'm at that point when I look back and that's that's one of the things that that's like how God, um, I'm sorry, how Satan gets to you because he gets in your mind. He kind of takes takes over your mind unless you get right with God and you start conditioning yourself with the word of God. Satan keeps, taking you back to those times like remember when remember when you know and and so um I, I I had that I had that going on and now where I am when I have a better understanding of fearing God let me tell you I'm just in a better place and when Satan tries to have me look in that rearview mirror I just pick up that Bible or I pray, I turn to God, I, I seek wisdom, I go, I align myself with, up with the right people because I'm telling you, Satan can be powerful and he really tries to attack your mind and your thoughts. You got to get your thoughts right, people. You really do. And you have to know, again, that just because you may have made some bad decisions or poor decisions in, in the past, like you can get past that. You can get past it. And for as much as some people have challenged us on that, come as you are, I'm going to continue saying that. Come as you are, but don't stay as you are. Mm -hmm. Yep, come as you are, but don't conform. Be transformed, like you said earlier. Be transformed. God wants you to be transformed. God knows that you're going to make some bad decisions. Get it right. Get right with God. You're just going to feel better. It's just, I do. I do. I just feel better. And I'm not perfect, but I know 
that my aim is right. I know that I'm aligning myself up with some great people. I'm trying to really understand the word. As a matter of fact, speaking of the word, I want to jump to what um, that young man stated about Isaiah, right? He said, um, Isaiah 51 verses 17 through 22. Were you able to get to that? Yes. Okay. Let's read you- it. I'll read this from the um, the children's Bible again. All right. Okay, so so under this section it says, God punished Israel. So it says, seven started seventeen. The Lord was very angry with you. Your punishment was like wine in the cup. The Lord made you drink that wine until you stumbled. Jerusalem had many people, but there was not a person to leave her. All the people who grew up there, no one was there to guide her. Trouble came to you in groups of two. No one would feel sorry for you. There was ruin and disaster, great hunger and fighting. No one could comfort you. Your people have become weak. They fall down and lie on every street corner. They're like animals caught in the net. They have felt the full anger of the Lord. They have heard God's angry shout. So listen to me, poor Jerusalem, you who are drunk but not somebody. Your God will fight for his people. This is what the Lord your God says. The punishment I gave you is like a cup of wine. You drink it and cannot watch it. I am taking that cup of anger away from you, and you will never be punished by my anger again. Wow. Thank you, learned person, for suggesting those verses. Yes. But what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts behind all of that? So, to me, it goes whenever you fall away from having that relationship with God and you decide to have a relationship with other things that you put more as more important than God, a.k.a. idolatry, that he said, okay, since you want to do that, I'm going to give you over to your devices. Oh, and, and oh, by the way, when I give you over to your devices, I'm taking my covering away from you at the same time. So guess what you're going to Instead of drinking and feel good, you're going to drink and feel drunk. You're going to stumble. You're going to fall. You're going to go feel disaster because everybody's drunk. Nobody's going to be able to lead. Anybody's blind, leading the blind. But he still said at the end. I'm not going to stay angry. I'm going to fight for you. Yeah. And I'm going to take the cup away from you. I'm pulling for you. But you got to reestablish that relationship. And see, that's what the, the fear, to me, fearing God is the same as loving God. Yeah. I don't see the difference. Because what, what it is, is, if you fear the Lord, if you are in awe of Him, if you respect Him, you will want a relationship. Because He mm-hmm. is your Father that is in heaven. Just as you want that relationship with your Father on earth, you should want that relationship with Him. And when you have that relationship with him, you are going to fear him. You're going to reverence him. You are going to love him. You're going to follow his commandments. You're going to get into his word. You're going to fast. You're going to pray. And you're going to study his word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. All right, let's, let's go pop this bubble here. 
You know, I, I, I see the Bible as a book inspired by God. And so everything that God is saying is true and it's, it's in the Bible. And um, that, that you know, you, you, you take into your heart what's in the Bible. You, you're afraid of the things of the Bible. Um, like everything that is supposed to happen is, is, is in the Bible, you know, just as God had written it. Um, and so if you if you are afraid of like again your boss saying something like this is gonna happen next, uh, then your whole your whole movement you're gonna just do everything based on what how your boss influenced. I mean we saw <laughs> what Donald Trump did with America. Like a lot of people in America were influenced by fear. I hope that's not a tangent, but and I'm, I'll try to bring it back. Um, but with God, like if God is saying that hey you're gonna go into slavery, like. Be afraid of that. Like you're, God wants you not to be enslaved. He wants you to be free. Mm. Yeah. Hey, thank you for your comment, Chris. What I would like to say about, it, especially when you bring that trip comment Uh-oh. up in fear, those are Uh-oh. two different kinds of fear that we're talking about. That's the fear of being afraid, and he robbed up the fear of a lot of people against people that they don't understand, and that kind of fear has no love in it. I, 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 what verse I had read earlier that said um, fear is not, um, I can't remember, I can look back at it, whether you know there is no, that you, you can't, you, that kind of fear, there's no love in it. Um, I think that was in, uh, oh, let me see if I can find out which one I had. Um, was that Romans 3? I think. Uh, I can't remember the, but that kind of fear has no love. And we don't want that kind of fear. We want to have we want to have the fear of respect and the fear that brings love to us, not just the fear of hate. Because that fear, like you say, that call, that fear caused hate, not love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, let's grab these two comments. Man, time just really, really flies. I'm telling you, I can't believe where we are right now. But let's grab these two comments and keep it moving. Well, I just wanted to say um, you guys have a very good way of explaining things. Um, I actually, um, it, it took a while for me to recover from that point in life. And it wasn't looking back that I realized that it, I was spiritually naked and I didn't in the way Jab Morris read it and mm-hmm. like specifically knew that it was the taking away of the covering and feeling spiritually naked like Adam and Eve. Um, I, I just I'm just like like that. It makes me happy like to sit here and listen and ha- and see how you guys explain things so simple and and just make it easy to understand so yeah you guys you guys make me happy oh that's sweet that's i mean we're all working together here (laughs) that's that's the great thing about it you know um and that's why we we welcome the comments because you don't have to be there alone trying to struggling to figure things out like let's figure it all out together because at the end of the day we know that we're all God's children. God wants us all to succeed. If I'm going to be completely transparent, we know that not every single person is going to make it, but we would love, we would love to influence as many people as we can through the word of God. And we want you to know 
we we have been very consistent throughout this discussion in saying we started off with the the question fearing god is it not a bad well fearing god is not a bad thing or is it so as we conclude this discussion i'm curious for those of you who are on here you know chime in and let us know if you are okay with fearing god and do you see that as love um so we're kind of coming um, from the beginning of how this show started to the end and just kind of want to know where you are. And I would be remiss if I were to suggest within two hours, we could completely change someone's thinking. Um, I, I'm not trying to act as if we have that type of power, but I do think that we're receiving wisdom from God because it's something that we're seeking. And not only do we want it to affect our lives, but we want it to pour into others. So um, let us know your thoughts. Is it a bad thing or are you okay with it do you know where where we're going with this fearing god thing um we have three comments and jab um i know you like to pray us out let's go ahead and grab these comments and and see where they lead us also um another way that i like to think of the fear of god is like is that when people think of god and fear and fearing god it's like just those two but remembering that God describes himself as our father and that in the same way you would fear your father is mm -hmm. the same way that we should fear God. You wouldn't feel your fear your own father as someone off the street that wants to do you harm. You would fear mm -hmm. him as your father uh, as in, oh, you know, I, maybe I should, you know, go do my chores or, you know, do the things I'm supposed to be doing before, you know, dad gets <laughs> upset instead of, oh no, the stranger, I don't know what they're going to do. Like, you know, they're, they're just going to, you know, try and destroy me. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. you know, it's, you know, just remembering that he, he, that, like he calls himself our father, you know, and like, that's the lens that we should look at it through. He, he brings Amen. a great point, right? Because the type of fear that we're talking about, and it seems like we can go down so many different avenues um, with discussing this, but, it's that type of fear where you trust the person, right? You trust that the person has your best interests at mind and at hand. So you trust that when they're telling you to do something, again, it's going to be for your own good and it's going to be for your own protection. I think that's where he was going with that. And if so, I definitely agree. Yes, that's the kind of, that's what I was talking about earlier about how you was a, you know, when you was a child, that you obeyed your your father and your mother because you feared them in terms of an awe and a respect, and you and they was like they could they were just amazed with everything that you were just amazed with everything that they did, mm -hmm. and it was that innocent innocent <laughs> awe love, and that's what we need, and that because that's what gives us the relationship with God. Listen. Let me tell you, you guys are taking me back, especially Jab, when you speak about being a child and, you know, the things that your parents, your father, you know, may have said or done. I remember when I first got my license, you know, I thought I was something, got my license, I have a car. And my dad made this homemade sign that said new driver and he stuck it in you know the back of my window and I was like so embarrassed like oh my gosh he did not make this homemade sign that says new driver and the way that I felt initially was he's taking away my cool points I'm embarrassed like oh 
you know, I just kept jumping to negative thoughts instead of like, this man really loves me. He really cares about me. He's really trying to protect me. He already said, I trust your driving abilities, but it's the other people that I'm worried about. So I'm making this sign to protect you. And so what if your friends think that it's not cool? I'm doing it because I love you. Boy, oh boy. Let me tell you, some people wish they had a dad who would make them a homemade sign. You know what I'm saying? Amen. All right, let's go pop these bubbles because we're at 9.59 now. I'm so grateful for this talk. And I've been put off by the word fear just because of its negative connotation. And you guys really do have a good way of explaining this. And like Cool Little Sis said earlier that there's so many things that we should be afraid of and we're not. So it's like, why not put our fear in God? Like in exactly like you guys said, in our fear in disappointing him and our fear in losing him. So thank you for those words. I appreciate it so much. Oh, you're welcome, Sunflower. And thank you for being here. Thank you all for being here. Wonderful comment. Let's let's keep it going. I want to add something to this. This is why this is needed on this app. You see, I was shared with y'all earlier today so that we can be, a, a in a sense, a force to be reckoned with, bringing forth the truth, you know, and in its entirety and simplicity, you know. So I pray and I hope and I hope that we all can unite and um, as one on this app with one another uh, to to bring forth the message. It's, it's time out for us to be uh, divided and uh, divisive in our own home. You know what I mean? Our spiritual home. So, so again, uh, sister and brother, I, I appreciate y'all. I, I was listening. I only comment when comments are needed from me. But yes, we need to keep this up. Thank you, Jamal. Always happy when you come by and come through and you leave those comments. I'm so appreciative. And we have a couple more comments. Jeff? A cool little sis. How's Yay! it going? It's a German guy <laughs> tuning in saying hello. God bless you all. Have a wonderful day. Hey, German guy. Thanks for coming through. <laughs> we have one more comment. We have. No, it's not a bad thing. Fearing God is not a bad thing. It's actually, it has its negative and positive. But guess what? The negative is a positive as well. Woo! You know, the fear of God is to bring reverence to him. You know, uh, in reference to uh, the things that he has done, he is doing. And also the fear of God is also to bring us to him so that there is no fear. You know, love cast out all fear. So, again, it, it, it's, it's just looking at it from which way uh, or which angle. You know, Satan uh, wants us to fear him, fear God and not him because He's already in fear of God because he knows where he's going. So guess what? Why not blind everybody else so that they may not see what the end result is, but hate the beginning to hear what the end result is. And uh, clean. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I, I have to say something. I have to say this, Jim Oz. What you just said, it immediately took me to this place. I have a twin sister. My dad, he always 
would say things like, like I excelled in, in learning Spanish. My twins struggled with it. And my dad would say, I don't get it. They're twins, they're twins. And it's like, but we're not the same person. We don't learn, necessarily learn in the same way. So what he just said about the word being a negative and a positive, it just made me think some people have to hear things differently in order to get it, right? So if we have some people grabbing that word and seeing that it's a positive and, and they're going to do the right thing because of that. If we have another group of people who take fear and they say, wow, this is something negative that makes me want to do right and makes me want to please God. So be it. We're all okay. We're all good, right? We're all getting the message. We're just processing it differently, but we're getting the yeah. message. As long as we all using whatever it is, is to bring a closer relationship with him, because that's what matters above all. Getting that relationship with him, we don't want to just follow his laws without having that relationship, because then that makes us a Pharisee. <laughs> there you go. Woo. So this is Proverbs chapter nine, verse ten. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. For by me thy days shall be multiplied, and the years of thy life shall be increased. So, if we fear the Lord, our days shall be increased on the earth. So, keeping his commandments, um, as far as eating pork, imagine how many people would be alive still if they didn't eat pork. Imagine how many people would still be alive or they wouldn't commit adultery, stealing, killing. So when we fear the Lord um, and take his word seriously, then your days will be increased on this earth. Salah. We appreciate Salah, your brother. comment. Definitely appreciate your comment. We did mention um, that verse earlier. So um, thank you for bringing that verse up again. And I, I think we're at that just, point where we're going to pray out. Yeah. Yeah, just more confirmation that we're going the right path. And, and, and but I, I do want to say this because, and again, sometimes you can really explore these verses in a way. Like, I'm the type of person, I'm not so much concerned about being on this earth for all that long. Like, for, you know what I mean? I'm looking at heaven. Like, that's my end goal. I'm more concerned about getting in heaven, into heaven, than I am about being on this earth for hundreds and hundreds of years. Because sometimes there are people who are making bad decisions and poor decisions, and it seems like they're just never going to die. They could be living in misery. So I, you know, I just think you could go into different ways with that, you know, down different paths with that verse. So again, mm -hmm. I'm I'm more so about you know, that everlasting life and, and getting into, you know, into heaven. So. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could live. I wish that I, I could live that life like Enoch lives. That guy that, well, he didn't even die. God just swept him away. <laughs> mm -hmm. Or like Elijah where the chariot came down out of heaven and took him up. Yeah. But you like, don't fear. Don't, you don't those fear is those. You just don't fear death, though, when, when you have God in your life, because none of us know. We don't know when it's going to occur. There are some people who you just thought were complete angels and they're gone. And it's like, why? Why, God? You know, 
that person seemed to be such a great person. Like when you when you spend your time fearing death, that just means your relationship with God isn't right. It's exactly. not worth. It's not. It's not as right as it could be or should be. Okay, I, yeah. I want to be clear in saying that. And a lot of times, the people that we we see living lives good by by God, He might say, "My you know good my my good and faithful servant," and said. You can come. You can come be with me. Be with me now. So, I, so we should always look at death as sadness. Death is a part of life. So, we fear the Lord, but don't fear death. Don't fear death, because I tell you, I had some people in my life. I always talk about my aunt Itty. Like it was t- the the only reason I could be sad about her dying is because I would miss her. But I knew where she was going. So my goal is like to be right there with Aunt Itty. <laughs> all right <laughs> let me tell you <laughs> i can only wish to live that type of life that she lived she was the perfect example perfect you know i say perfect i know we're not all perfect but she was that person whose relationship with god let me tell you was unquestionable Whew. yeah all right you ready to pray us out yes i am all hearts and minds clear we thank you, O oh Lord. Thank you for giving us this platform, O oh Lord, this platform on which we use to reverence you, O oh God, because you are a mighty and powerful God, full of wisdom, full of love, and full of mercy, and full of grace, O oh Lord. And as we had this discussion tonight, O oh Lord, talking about fearing you, O oh Lord, we want everybody to understand that, yes, you can do things, O oh Lord, that you are a powerful God, capable of doing things that we can't understand, capable of taking things away that we have no ability to take away. But you're also an awesome God, oh Lord, who is capable of doing the seeding that abundant above all more than we can ask for a thing according to the power that worketh in us, oh Lord. And as we had this discussion tonight, we had so many great comments, oh Lord. We know that some of these comments had to be heaven sent, oh Lord, in order to edify us, O Lord, edify themselves, edify your kingdom, O Lord, in terms of getting more word into us, O Lord. Because we know through that word, O Lord, through understanding it, O Lord, through having that fear and that reverence of you, O Lord, that we will establish our relationship to you through your son, Jesus Christ, so that the Holy Spirit can flow into our lives and let us not be conformed to this word, but be transformed, O Lord, in our minds and in our hearts, O Lord. And we just have to give you all the glory and all the praise for the things that you have done. And then while we might depart, oh Lord, from speaking to each other, we will not depart in spirit because we know where two or three or more gather, you are always in the midst. And we will never be apart from you or each other. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. And and we're, we're definitely going to grab this last comment, but I want to say, um, and and this is what I truly believe. While we're here on earth, guys, we're just paying rent. I'm trying to get my mortgage paid. Like I'm trying to get to heaven where I know my mortgage is paid. So don't don't live your life fearing death. Live your life fearing God so that you know you will have everlasting life. That I, I just I just want us all to get there and understand 
that fearing God is, is a positive thing. So um, let's grab this comment and then, you know, however you want to end it, Jad, we can do that after. This is Ecclesiasticus chapter 1, verse 12. And it says, The fear of the Lord maketh a merry heart and giveth joy and gladness in the long life. Whoso feareth the Lord, it shall go well with him at the last, and he shall find favor in the day of his death. To fear the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and it was created with the faithful in the womb. Salah. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's nothing to say after that. Yeah. I think that's, that's exactly how we should close up. Thank you for your great and wonderful um, Bible reading, Nightlight. That was yeah. right on point, and I think that is pretty much sums up the show. Yeah. God thank bless you everybody. Thank you, little sis. Thank My thank all the thank of all the um people that still stayed with us. Um um Soap, Sky Africa, Deshaun Quarter, Jay Moss, Sunflower, Lady Light, and Nightlife. Thanks for riding out with us. And we hope to see you again on these stereo streets. God bless you. Peace and blessings always and in always. Take care, everybody. Catch you next time.